flying sign with Joe Clady. This is Stoic Forge. Throughout the course of the night, I had woken up several times to the sounds of what in my half-asleep brain and, and paranoid state had uh, decided it was aliens harvesting uh, cattle and just taking out their organs for the, the, the screams and the cries that weren't human um, were deep in this deep in the, the woods of the Ozarks. Um, but outside of that, I, I slept great. It was the first night in a very long time. By, by a long time, I say, I mean a week, uh, after being in Hannibal, but, um, I hadn't spent a night in the van in a while and I needed to, um, get used to that again. Um, it was a campground after all. So I was sharing it with a number of other campers, travelers, you know, kids, family, whatever. Um, and across from me, there was this guy, big, fat, bald guy, that had a van similar to mine, but from what I could tell, his was almost like red velvet on the inside with red sheets on this mattress that seemed to be the entire back seat of it with, uh, oh, you know, the, the, the chintzy... Uh, uh, RV lights that he had hanging through the whole thing. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some uh, 1970s centerfold Playboys uh, pasted across the the roof or the the ceiling of that van for him to enjoy. He just seemed like a creep. And you know, again, I don't know the guy, but I'm sure people would look at me and see the inside of mine and think I was a murderer. Uh, and it didn't help too like I'd stated before I was windowless on uh, one of the the side doors that happened the first few hours since I left Indianapolis and uh, now I was feeling the full effect of that uh, especially in the rain in which it, it rained and was dewy uh, in the morning so I had the night before wrapped it in a sheet, which ended up being my go-to, just tying it and slamming it in the door uh, to serve as some <laughs> protection from the outside that would somehow keep rain, bugs, people out. But I say that um, it adds to the illusion that I shouldn't be someone to fuck with. Uh, the rusted exterior of the van, um, the obvious signs of, of someone living in it, and the nasty sheet that was wrapped around one of the side doors, I, I, would, I would think would serve as a deterrent, um, whether it's somebody wanting to ask me a question or somebody wanting to try and rob me. I would. I hoped that it would uh, keep people away, which it at least did that night. Um, through that night and then into the next morning, I had time to kill before my time was up at the campground. So I began to sort the box of treasures from Renee uh, 
found a lot of, of good items, some that I kind of wanted to keep for myself, uh, that I put aside as the, um, traded treasures from her, um, which at least that, that, that was the idea originally from her to have these, uh, these gifts to trade with others along the way. And by the end to have a collection, uh, that would serve as, uh, physical reminders of those people. So there was a couple of her paintings I wanted to keep, uh, just little ones, um, a few, uh, like a, a little guitar ornament, uh, acoustic guitar ornament that I thought was kind of neat. Um, just a bunch of, a bunch of art supplies too, that in my mind I wanted to keep to serve as, uh, a, a, a time killer. I'm not much of an artist, but I can doodle with the best of them. And, uh, having that would, would serve as a distraction, uh, in the, obvious signs of boredom because after after Hannibal Hannibal there was something stimulating whether it was a social interaction or a task assigned by Renee uh, there was always something to do or someone to talk to but I was already beginning to find out that this whole thing wasn't meant to be a, a social experiment it was um, an introspective experiment and a product of loneliness uh, that I had already created, and so that's that's what I was gonna feel. And it and it like I said, it already started to creep in uh, at this campground as I did laundry in silence, sorted things in silence, cleaned the van, prepped prepped everything. Um, I had this little retro GI Joe tin. It's probably six by six inches, you know, three inches deep, like a little lunchbox, uh, that I kept all my change in that I had emptied from a old crown Royal bag from home just to serve as coffee money, um, uh, desperate food fund, um, and so I, I took that money and, and went to the first gas station out of that campground. And as soon as I parked to fill up with some of the money that I had gotten from Renee, I had found that a tire was flat. Um, so over the course of the next few stops, I, I had to use that change to put into the, the air pump and, uh, fill the tire. And I, I really thought it was going to be a, a huge cost to be a patch or a, a replacement, but eventually it, it filled and, and stayed full. I don't know how, uh, again, I'm not a car guy, but, uh, in, in making these frequent stops, I was getting ready to get back on the interstate and I saw this woman, uh, creeping along with uh, a cart full of boxes of water. Just big jugs. And I'm a light away from getting on the interstate. And I'm like, God damn it. Because I 
immediately after Hannibal, I mean, everything is coming back to Hannibal, but it, I, I developed the, this phrase. I ended up in my mind coining, but ended up being something, uh, in later years, but I called it my, uh, karma credit later to become the website credit karma to check your credit score. Uh, but I called it my karma credit to where if I made a withdrawal, um, I had to deposit something and I felt like because of the the goodness that I received from Renee and LA and everyone in Hannibal, um, all the love and, um, food safety that I got, I knew I needed to put some back. Uh, and again, I'm not saying this like I'm some saint. It was more of a necessity it wasn't like I want to be a good person and I want to spread the word. No, it was to uh, uh, hopefully make a withdrawal when I needed it, or at least have the funds present in that account uh, to where if shit hit the fan by some circumstance, I'd be able to make a withdrawal and someone would help me out. So I, it was a bitch, but I was able to swing this big van back around and pulled over enough to ask her if she needed a ride after just because I didn't have automatic windows. So I had to pop over to the passenger seat and open the door and holler at her. And of course she, without even blinking, hopped in. And as soon as she got in, this woman I could tell had had a rough a few years at least uh, her hair was um, curly but not like curly styled like just curly messy uh, teeth going in every direction and eyes that almost seemed to to bug out of her head her name was Christine uh, and she told me she didn't like to drink tap water because of the government and as soon as she said that it was just that feeling like oh fucking okay uh well how much more you got well she was going to end up making six trips back and forth to go over the to go to this store um and then make her trip on the overpass uh back to her place her little apartment that she had uh so I just go straight back to the store, load up all of her water, and get her back, or and just have her stay there, uh, and then run her back. And and our our trip wasn't long, and our conversations weren't long, but it was enough to hurt. And she told me that her family and friends had left her, and uh, because she was at the point where she would she would drink to to the point where she'd pass out and piss herself all over the couch at, at, it didn't matter where she was at, uh, what kind of event it was just, just rabid alcoholism. And, um, she explained to me that she found Jesus and, uh, that she, like many do find, uh, some saving grace in that. And, and she was able to, uh, turn her life around enough to where she, she wasn't that she quit smoking, quit drinking. I, 
I doubt, judging by her, uh, and this isn't fair, but I guess judging by her appearance and, and her, her lack of, of uh, talking point, I guess she hadn't reconciled with her family. But uh, it was enough to be eye-opening to um, the long-term effects of that beast and um, what it could physically do to a person. Because, I, again, I'm not trying to shit on the lady, but she did not look good. And not she just wasn't in good shape. Um, but she would just would smile and... Um, move along and as she got out and she asked me my name and it was the first time I had to um really say my name and last name outside of Hannibal and so I said Joe Calico uh and without skipping a beat she said God bless you or God bless your heart Joe Calico and I smiled and left her and it was just amazing to me the, uh, I don't know, I just, I have such an, I have such an issue with faith, especially at that point. Uh, and not, not blind faith because it's, it clearly did something for her, but, but, but at the time I just, I couldn't stop thinking like what what is it really doing for you uh, that you couldn't have done for yourself or that you're not actually doing for yourself? It's just your, your, we, we, we can't give ourselves enough credit uh, to say that I did this for myself. There are some people that, that do, but you have to find not, not the excuse, because uh, that's not the right word, but, but it's almost the excuse in your success and attribute it to something else because you almost don't deserve the, the recognition. And she was, was following that. And I just, I, it just made me, it just made me angry, uh, because if she had really stopped drinking and stopped smoking after literally hitting rock bottom, uh, to the uh, point where she was just living in her own mess. I don't know. I, I think you would have to give your own heart and your own uh, devotion to to recovery and uh, revival some credit. But that that was it, and. Um, I left her and I couldn't help driving away thinking, wow, man, I wish I could have traded with her. And at that point on, I put that at the front forefront of my brain, knowing, um, any time I had any sort of lasting interaction more than, um, here's your coffee or, um, whatever was, you know, just day to day interaction, anything worth while I, I planned on, on sharing these gifts because I have nothing from her, but the image of her face. <laughs> and, um, uh, but I guess the story is, um, uh, profound in it's, in its own, um, uh, uplifting, but also introspective way. Um, uh, but at this point now I was booking it. I was into, 
Oklahoma really without missing a day. Uh, after the Ozarks that, that day I ended up in, in Oklahoma, just, just east of Tulsa. But there was something that I noticed about the landscape, uh, as I left the Midwest, uh, again, I'm, I'm born, bred and still living in the Midwest, but I had traveled before. And like I said, my family had, had taken this trip, uh, when I was like 13 or 14 and, um, there, you see pictures of, of the West and, and the, the, the desert and all of that, but I guess you don't see the, the, the gradual, uh, uh, change from wooded hills, uh, into, um, just, just flat, uh, red, you know what I'm saying? Just, just the, the, the soil color begins to change from, from the brown to the red. And, uh, uh, you see this landscape that's separated by nothing but skimpy barbed wire, uh, fences that, that kind of separate, um, the land of others. Uh, and, and it's not blocked, you know, by, by, the, the, the foliage that typically covers most of the Midwest uh, that, that blocks out those big views. Uh, and it was getting hot. And I could feel it, especially in that van, because to save on gas, at least in my stupid automobile head, I thought if I would roll up the windows, it would um, it help, help with the drag and, and make me more... Uh, fuel efficient and, and wouldn't, you know, make my acceleration stronger. So I had the windows up the whole time with really no airflow, but the occasional gust through the sheet that would uh, make it flap to where it was almost to a beat and super annoying. Uh, and so that's, that's the only sort of airflow that I got uh, with, with the intent of saving money. Don't know if it did anything, but it at least made me feel like I was being mindful of my uh, resources. So eventually, night was creeping in, and I ended up at this Denny's off of this uh, at this uh, truck stop. And all of a sudden, as I park, the the just right when I'm pulling in, I see the engine start to overheat or start to smoke and I pop it open and it's hot as fuck. And I, I don't know what to do. And some guy sees me having trouble and says, uh, um, your radiators having some trouble. You might want to dump some water in there. Showed me where to do it and take the cap off and dumped a couple jugs of water in there. And it seemed to, to do the trick. So I, Figured it was uh, just a, a, a safe enough spot to at least hang for the night where I was going to make camp. And this was the test of uh, the first public space to sleep. Uh, and I uh, tried laying on that black futon as the sun set, just trying to sleep and pass the time with just closing my eyes and I just, I just couldn't, uh, 
the day had been filled with rain uh, and just just you know, just a cloudy rainy day but then as the sun began to set that all passed and there were three pink clouds that just that, that was the only thing that that filled the sky along the sunset that broke everything up and it was nice uh, but then that loneliness started to sink in even more and I went inside the Denny's and just sat at the the breakfast bar and with some change out of the G.I. Joe tin uh, just had refill just bought a cup of coffee and just kept getting refills till they finally kicked me out uh, because I wouldn't spend anything else which I thought was bullshit and the guy gave me a hard time when it came time to pay my bill I tipped 50 cents which on a one or a dollar fifty cup of coffee seems reasonable, but I guess I'm an asshole for not tipping more. But I just sat there and just drank black coffee, and um, so I had to go sit in the van after hearing the news actually of um, the uh, at the Indiana State Fair that was happening. There was a uh, stage collapse. Um, I can't remember who was performing, but uh, I had a couple friends and a cousin that worked uh, event security, and it immediately um, broke the wall of of um, um, this this movie that I kind of found myself in. It 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 sucked me back into well, what's going on at home that I had not really thought about until uh, there was a chance that one of my friends or family had been killed in this thing because there, there were people dead. And um, I made my calls. Um, everyone was fine. Uh, but then I ended up staying on the phone probably for the next couple hours, just rotating through parents, my brothers, uh, catching up on... Uh, stories from friends while while not you know of course they were curious to what was going on with me but I wanted to play that close I didn't want to uh, uh, one sell it short and, and make it seem like it's not what it actually is for me but at the same time I didn't want to sound uh, braggy because uh, if I were to discuss what happened in Hannibal I think people might think that 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 I was uh, kind of showing off that I, you know, was making it, uh, uh, or that I was lying. That I, I think a lot of people thought that I would have been home by now. Uh, that it was just something to just go do, and I I couldn't help after having all these conversations with everyone, feeling uh, a relief. Not just that everyone was safe, but that uh, I was still relevant. Uh, school was about to start, and uh, you know, I talked to to some of the the, the people from IU and um, wanted to just just hear plans, just just hear about the things that I would be doing uh, otherwise if I if I wasn't there, and and that was um, uh, poisonous. Uh, at that time 
because uh, that sent me into that doubt and uh, that had gripped me a week before at Lover's Leap. Uh, what what am I doing? What what is the point? Am I am I here uh, to prove something to myself? To others, is it really just to to come out here and, uh, you know, jump jump off the bridge, or, you know, crash my van, be stabbed? Like, what what is is that is that is that really the point? I I don't know. I had a hard time figuring out that night. Uh, does it matter? Like, I could have been home. And I could have been with friends. Um, I don't know. It just seemed to be impossible to answer any um, instant question that would pop into my mind that seemed to age my brain and exhaust my heart. I was so tired of it. And I guess that's what was so pleasant about Hannibal. It was just, I was just being, you know, there was no, uh, there was no, they say that, that, uh, idle hands, uh, uh, do the devil's work. And I, that couldn't have been, a truer statement at this moment because I, I had nothing to do besides think and spiral into uh, more shit and and hearing about what was going on at home uh, made it hard to continue to want to go, especially when I had a van that was on fire almost. Uh, but I just laid awake all night, honestly feeling worried about being in a Denny's parking lot in a truck stop, uh, for the, you know, again, it's the first real public spot, uh, where people were in and out a lot. Um, and I didn't feel safe, so I didn't sleep until the sun started to come up. And then I felt safe enough to sleep for two hours. And then it was time to leave. Well, you know, what am I going to do? Wait around here all day? I, I needed to keep going. There was, again, what was there was no uh, purpose to be served sitting around besides just wringing my hands uh, with uh, existential... Uh, crises, you know, and, and, and feeling, uh, like I'm missing out on something that isn't real because I'm not really present, uh, because of the decision that I already made to do to myself. You know what I'm, it's, it was like, I wasn't, why, why feel sad, uh, or regret when you're not here anyways? And you could get into that for every person or every living thing that has ever existed. Is it really here when it won't be uh, again uh, once it's gone? 
Anyways, so about five minutes down I-44, the van began to start steaming and smoking again. And I had to stop and kept filling it, get a little bit down the road and it would overheat. So I, I didn't know what to do. Uh, the the freeway was was slowly becoming uh, the the through line and and the safety point to where if I was on the road, that meant I was good. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't go on with the van on fire. So I went to this Midas for hours and got the gut wrenching news that the heater hose was going to need replaced. Uh, the guy there was great, and after seeing into the van and, and seeing what was going on, of course questions came up. Not not uh, interrogating uh, or accusatory about any weird stuff, just I was like, hey man, what are you doing? And I told him, and uh, discreetly made it clear that this was going to be hard to pay because uh, again the, the money from home was almost gone and uh, the money from Renee was a very thin cushion that I knew I needed to stretch as long as possible uh, so they were going to see what they could do so as I'm sitting there uh, I made a few calls just to you know fill the time I met this girl Becky in the in the uh, in the waiting room and uh, while while we waited she told me about all these places to go in Tulsa because at this point I was minutes from Tulsa uh, didn't plan on spending any time in Tulsa but uh, fuck I'm here you know I've never been why not uh so, but then she said uh, that there was um, a coffee house that just happened to be having an open mic. And I had started to have this romantic idea of me with my guitar. Uh, so I thought, well, you know what? Let's see what happens here with this hose. And then maybe we'll give it a shot. So... Between the guy, the Midas guy, and Becky, they covered it. And they made me a deal to where I just owed 20 bucks for some labor, and she paid the rest. And I I just, I just laughed uh, because I didn't know how else to react. I wasn't going to cry, but it was because uh, it was probably going to cost a couple hundred bucks. And they covered it. And that's that reaffirmed that karma credit thing that I mentioned earlier and I, you know I I talked about Christine and, and her faith and at that moment um, I began to understand what that meant not in Jesus or or, or the uh, uh, stereotypical uh, sense of the word God um, but I was feeling a, a connection to uh, everything around me that I was able to tap in to maybe 
what Christine was talking about. Maybe not how she defined it, but what it meant to have faith and uh, uh, find not just uh, redemption, but survival. So they covered it. And Becky gave me her number and uh, she texted me. Uh, or actually, she got my number from the Midas guy after I had left to head to this open mic, which I thought was kind of weird, but I wasn't going to bitch because she just paid for it. Uh, and she was good looking. Uh, but she said she could, I could stay at her place if I wanted, or if I couldn't find a place to stay. And again, I just, (laughs) I just started to laugh because it's just, what a weird thing. Like, was it, did she, did she, did she find me attractive? Did she find me, uh, sadly desperate? Did she find me, uh, 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 a potential story for her friends like oh guess what I did or maybe it was her karma credit now that I say it maybe maybe in her mind uh, she thought maybe she had been in a similar situation and this was her way to help uh, herself in a way in a uh, not a selfish way but in in maybe a redemptive way for herself Uh, and I, and I said, thank you. And I, that I would let her know. So I went to the, um, coffee shop, um, after, uh, going to the wrong coffee shop, uh, along the way called shades of brown, brown shades of brown. Um, it's kind of gross when I say it, but, um, met these two kids there. One was named, uh, Tariq and the other was John, uh, and they were really friendly. Um, and, and again, I was at the wrong spot and they directed me in the right place, but I, I stayed and, and, uh, hung around with them. Uh, and they've had their guitars cause I had brought my guitar thinking this was the place. And, um, we kind of just jammed for a second. Uh, after and John would kind of, he, he played the guitar like how, a farmer would would play it on a cow's tit um very just just uh, pulling on it it was very weird uh but it made a cool sound that was a little unconventional at least to the way i had played uh i played the chords and then john soloed with his uh cow utter style and Tarek Tarek just slapped this drum kind of off rhythm but uh it was cool it was cool to jam with some guys that i just met and uh we sat there for at least another hour and began to talk about astrology and the chinese new year and and how the stars can affect how a person acts and again that's another faith-based thing that i just i just can't get into you know but but again at at the time I was like shut the fuck up but you know it's if you're able to find some sort of uh, uh, hope or some sort of resolution uh, in whatever then then go for it 
Uh, and as I was about to leave, I, uh, it quickly dawned on me that, oh, I got to trade with these guys because I had forgot to do it with the Midas guy and with Becky. Uh, and uh, I ended up having to, I didn't have to, but I gave Tariq a ride home and he gave me this green leather tassel. Uh, and I gave him one of Renee's pieces and uh, he was a good kid, but he was, he was a goober. Uh, so anyways, I find my way to the Gypsy, which was the uh, coffee shop that was having the open mic. And it took me forever to find, but it was kind of on the, the outskirts of the downtown of Tulsa. And uh, I was just going to stop in and then head for Oklahoma City because I, I felt like that was the, the place to go. Uh, and before I even got out of the van, this woman named... Mary, uh, ran up to me, middle age, and just pointed at the van and was like, what the hell is that? In, in a, in a, in a friendly way. But then the closer she got, she got really handsy with me and I realized she was drunk as shit and I could just smell it on her breath. And, uh, but she saw my guitar and said, well, Hey, uh, you know, I'm the MC for tonight. Uh, let's put you on the list. So I followed her in with just a, a sigh of uh, worry and and just what's what's about to happen because at this point I had that's I was starting to just see that things were presenting themselves to me, uh, things and people and, and experiences that is and just. I, I couldn't, I couldn't plan for any of this stuff. So she took me in and uh, pulled me to the front of everyone that appeared to be regulars. Uh, by the way, uh, at least how they were received through their performances and the way they sat, it was kind of like a big click. Uh, but pulled me to the front, and announced what had happened in the parking lot, and I, I smiled like the the new kid showing up to eighth grade. Uh, being introduced in front of the class, and it was so strange uh, how she was treating me. But I, it wasn't evil, you know. It was, it was, it was um, just strange. Uh, and so I sat and had my name on the list, got a coffee, uh, and all the acts were great. They were really well done, very different. But then there was this, this one guy, this creepy kind of biker looking he, well, he had a, a leather vest on so I say biker but I don't think he was and he was reading short stories and he like I didn't know where he was going with it at first but as he got into it it was about uh, he was the, the 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 first person of the story talking about this girl that he had kidnapped and kept inside his RV uh, and to the point where like she fell in love with him and like he would and like he would talk about having sex with her but then she would get scared and how she was on the news and her parents were looking for her and it was it was so like 
gut-wrenchingly like real and descriptive that like I I just I couldn't like look at him and I scanned the room and I could just see the the awe on everyone else's face to I don't think he was a regular which made it even creepier that he was just some other nomad that had walked into town to tell his uh tales of abduction and uh he ended it with like almost like a tragic love ending a love story that she he let her go and it was you know that's how he knew he loved her and I was just like what the fuck and the next act it was hilarious it was this uh guy and uh and you know, they had both performed separately and then they were doing a song together uh this guy and this girl and he was like he it kind of introed himself and and outroed the other guy and was like okay give a round of applause for whatever let me be the first to say that was creepy as fuck and everyone's like ha 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 but like with a air of like should we call the cops <laughs> is there is there someone missing right now um uh, I don't know. It was very strange. Um, but then I, I decided I wanted to play. And, uh, so I played a couple of the, they played and it was my turn to go up and, uh, started to play a cover, uh, like a, you know, the, the, like a Hey Ya by Outcast cover, but like the kind of slower version, it's, it's been done before, but, um, uh, um, uh, and I got just right to the first verse, and Mary screams, "No covers!" <laughs> from the back. Uh, so then I played a couple originals, uh, and then when I was done, Mary, she said she, she would take me home if it wasn't for her daughter, and I did the polite, awkward laugh, and and uh, just sat down to watch the next the next set and as I'm sitting there this beautiful girl in this red dress came up and sat next to me in a red dress that was uh, almost inappropriately formal for an event like that Uh, she looked great but it was like why are you wearing that here when I'm wearing you know paint covered basketball shorts and a a dirty white t-shirt uh but she sits down next to me and introduces herself as Sarah. And she asks if I wanted to stay with her and her family tonight. Apparently, Mary had talked to Sarah um, and her family um, to just to try and get me a place to stay. So I go down uh, and sit next to uh, Sarah, who was like 24, mid-20s. Uh, her son, who was like one, and Sarah's mother. Uh, and we had a great time and sat there, got to know each other a little bit, and then we left. And I um, was following them back to their place after it was agreed that it was cool for me to stay there for the night. And I remember driving back to her, her house um uh, following them in the van and when we when they were taking their exit off of 44 I had this moment of do I do this 
they don't have my number. They don't know who I am. I can just keep driving. And that was the beauty of it. That was uh, so nice to know that I could just leave. No one knows who I am. And there was something so liberating in, in that. And there was a part of me that kind of wanted to go to Becky's and try that uh, thing. Uh, but I felt the the call to go to Sarah's. I mean, they they offered, and it was kind, and they they felt kind. And I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a bit of fear. You know, the 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 immediate paranoia of well, is it a coven? Am I gonna, you know, do they take in people and then kill them? Like that whole thing that's been ruined by uh, terrible movies and terrible TV shows. Uh, where either the hitchhiker is the murderer or the hitchhiker is brutally killed by some cult. Um, but I immediately went there in my thought. But I decided, you know, against my that thought process to follow them home. Um, so I go in, and they, I meet Sarah's sister, Erica, and I meet uh, the dad. Not, not. I meet Sarah's dad, and that was uh, intimidating because I could tell he wasn't on board and that Sarah's mom may have wanted to check about that first before I was uh, offered a place to stay, but shook his hand, and he was like, he was like, you're on the couch. I was like, I- I'm aware, yeah, no, no, thank you, thank you so much for having me here, just overly polite, probably to the point where it was annoying, but... uh and he retired to his his den for the evening. Uh, was able to get a shower, which was nice. Nice, fresh, hot shower. Uh, cleaned me up, put on a decent pair of clothes. And uh, Sarah and Erica took me to Applebee, or Applebee's for uh, appetizers on them and a couple beers. Uh, they knew some people there, so IDs weren't an issue. Again, I'm 20, um, so getting beers in public was still uh exciting and fresh like ooh, i'm drinking at an applebee's when i wasn't supposed to yet uh and it just happened to be karaoke night at the neighborhood applebee's uh <laughs> sarah and i did uh the one of the uh obvious choices for a a, a male and female uh duet picture by kid rock and cheryl crow and it was fun. It was sweet. Uh, I think I surprised them both by my willingness to do it, uh, but it was fun. So we got back, and it was getting late, and I told them about the uh, object exchange and a little bit about what has happened so far to this point. Uh, and I, I traded Erica uh, some bracelet from Renee for a tie that she had tie-dyed uh, that she had made on a uh, with her friend one night when they were going through a tough time and that's all I got like story-wise a little backstory of that but um, she was willing to part with that and and she gave me that Sarah gave me a little toy llama that she had got when she went on a mission trip to Purdue uh, for uh, the, actually the watercolor that I did with Renee on our, our first night together. Uh, 
when I came home and, and Renee taught me that painting is like a person and you have to treat it like that. And, um, I was glad to give it to Sarah and it wasn't a masterpiece by any means, but it, uh, had some real sentimental value. Uh, so by that point, I, everyone was warming up to me and, uh, Erica was actually pregnant at the time and her, uh, baby daddy was over and, you know, real, real nice guy, but didn't really talk much. And, uh, Sarah and I ended up talking in her car till about four in the morning. Uh, we listened to one of her friend's CDs or his, an album he put out and, uh, kind of shared our, our love for music and, um, where we stood on that. And, uh, we, you know, you get that vibe when, um, you know, when, when, when you stay up all night talking with somebody and when it's, when it's time to make a move. Um, and I just, um, I just didn't. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to kiss her that night and I later come to find out she really wanted me to. Um, but I, I didn't know her, not, not in the sense of that. I didn't want to, it was just, um, I had the fear of, of making a move and then being met with, uh, uh, like a panic from her, like a, like I'm a, I'm a creep or, you know, I don't want you staying at my house and then I'm, you know, <laughs> out of a, of a safe place to sleep. And so I, I didn't. And, uh, I, <laughs> I immediately regretted it. Uh, but I, uh, went to bed and slept on their couch in their family room. It was a, a leather couch. So like most leather couches, uh, you wake up and have to peel your face off of it. Uh, but it was nice. And I was met with a, a poke to the foot by her dad and was like, okay, buddy, it's time to go. And I was like, okay, okay. And I got up the fastest I had ever gotten up, uh, packed my stuff and, and was out the door. No one else was home. And I, I had known that Sarah was going to be gone early, uh, and had plans to meet her and, and her son, uh, out, out downtown. She was going to take me around, uh, and show me, uh, her view of Tulsa in a, in a, in a quick afternoon. Um, and she was really good to me. She treated me to lunch. Um, we went to this, this venue called, uh, Kane's ballroom and it, we were, we were able to go inside and see it. And it just struck me as, a. uh, a real hearty, uh, rich hall, um, you know, with just that, I would love to see on a big night, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a, um, a theater by any means, but, um, but it, uh, I I could just, you you walk into a room and you can feel, uh, certain, I'm not gonna say energy, but, uh, you know what it could be, uh, if, if filled with the right people, the right crowd, the right music. Um, and then we got to talking of, of, of how she wanted to eventually be, a uh, like a manager for like bands. And, and she had done a little bit of that for, uh, 
for people in the past, uh, before her son came and, um, she had hoped to do that, that someday and, um, and, and knew all the, the names on the, the marquee and, uh, I could tell it, she would be good at it. Um, so next she took me to see, uh, the center of the universe, which is what it was called. It was this giant pole, um, I, when she told it to me, I, I figured it was going to be this incredible structure in the heart of Tulsa. But uh, we get to it, and it I'm not trying to shortchange it here, but it, it looked like like a, like a giant pole with, with like a fast food logo at the top. It just had this cloud that, that sat on the top of it and a giant pole in this little, uh, little pavilion. Uh, but apparently if you... If you stood in the right spot and whispered, like at, I can't exactly remember, but if you would whisper in one spot, it would be echoed and you could hear it come back around to you, uh, amplified. It was a sh- architectural, structural anomaly uh, that was really interesting and uh, had fun with that for a while, just whispering, you know, playing a... Uh, an epic game of telephone uh, as we stood around this thing and, and played with their son for a little bit. Uh, but it was it was time it was time to go uh, again. Uh, I, I just I don't know why I just always felt like it was time to uh, to leave. We came back to where the van was parked. Uh, she wanted to hear some songs before I left. So I popped open the back, sat there, busted out the guitar, and played some originals. And uh, she just sat there and smiled. And uh, her son just sat quietly. Uh, and it it was it was nice uh, to 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 serenade, I guess. And uh, but but again, there was just that that feeling like I I did my time here like it's it's been fulfilled I don't know if it was just a an anxious feeling to get back on the road or what but it it was I I could have stayed somewhere else called Becky whatever uh (laughs) but uh it was time to go so I gave her a hug uh hopped in the van and was about to back out before she walked up to the door, opened it, stepped up onto the step, and kissed me on the cheek, and uh, just smiled and waved and walked away, and I just smiled and uh, <laughs> pulled out and turned on uh, Shambhala by Three Dog Night. It was kind of the, um, is what I played really anytime I started the day. Uh, anytime I left anywhere, I played that and it, uh, I felt happy to, to be, uh, to have that moment from her, to have that human interaction that I hadn't had yet while I was out there. Uh, uh, but before I left, I, I needed to just take a minute. And so I found this park along, along this dried out river uh, just sat there, uh, and just while kids were playing, people were running. It was just a, 
you know, just, just like any, uh, water side place, uh, a lot of activity, especially, uh, in the summer. And I just journaled, uh, colored with, you know, some of the supplies that I had from Renee. And then this, this bug, uh, this, this flying insect fell right in front of my face, right onto the table. And I, right on, actually right onto my painting or my, my picture that I was doodling on. And I watched it as it tore its wings from its body. It struggled, but, but it did it and then just crawled under the table. And I just was sitting there in shock a little bit about like what I just saw blew its wings off the table and just continued to color again. And, um, I, I tried to find some, some meaning in that. Uh, and I, I just, I, I couldn't, uh, at least to apply it to, to what had just happened. Um, but I wondered how it felt about not being able to fly anymore. And it seems so weird, but it, it just had stuck with me, um, why it did that. And, um, I don't know. At, At that moment, that's when I just packed up my things and took it as an omen. And, uh, again, I, I can't, I can't say what is real, uh, especially then. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know what I believed in, uh, especially having such, uh, such a history in the Catholic Church. Uh, I knew I didn't, at least I didn't want to believe in that stuff anymore. It had been, uh, uh, not, you know, it, it had been beat into me, um, what, what all of that was and and what truth is. Uh, And I couldn't stand by that. But at the same time, there was something about, and like the whole everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, Christine, you know, was able to find God to to stop drinking and and smoking. And uh, I'm doing good work so that I get good works done to me. Or Tariq is finding uh, uh, solace waxing poetically about, you know, the stars and uh, equating everything good in his life to astrology. And then a bug just rips its wings off and refuses to fly anymore. So I left Tulsa feeling happy and loved, but spiritually flightless. I'll see you next time.
Shine.